0: Welcome to today's Create the Courage to be Fearless podcast, and I want to thank you for joining me. My name is Anita Mattu, and I am a mindset coach and a mentor. Every Tuesday, I'll be releasing a new podcast episode, which will either be a conversation with a courageous guest, a solo episode with me, or a masterclass full of insightful nuggets and wisdom. Each episode is designed to inspire you and help you discover and connect with that place of courage within you. So whether you're a first time listener or you are one of my regular subscribers, I want to thank you for taking the time to join me. Now let's get started with this week's episode.
1: stopping technique which is another really simple technique which is brilliant so it's starting to be aware what your patterns are your difficult patterns of behavior connected with your anxiety starting to listen to how you talk to yourself what you say to yourself you know how you can reduce your anxiety how you can start to be aware of those difficult thoughts having a diary and starting to identify what the, what your specific triggers are in your pattern are the link to your anxiety and working with the difficult thoughts that you have.
0: Today's guest is Kate Hudson-Hall, a psychotherapist, podcaster and author of Bulimia Sucks. Kate has just released her new book, Anxiety Hacks, book with self-help proven techniques, tools and tips to break challenging behaviours connected To anxiety. Welcome, Kate. Oh, Anita, thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure. I'm excited for our conversation. Me too.
1: So, what is one of the most courageous things that you have done? The most courageous things. Um, I think one of the most courageous things is to work through 15 years of an eating disorder and to actually come out the other side and say I'm recovered.
0: Wow. Excellent. Absolutely fantastic. I'll touch more on that a bit later. So what took you on your journey of being a psychotherapist? Did this naturally fall into place from your own experiences?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, once I got to the point where I wanted to reach out for help for my eating disorder, and I saw a number of different therapists and then I eventually found a therapist I felt really comfortable with that I you know felt I could open up to so I then spent four four plus years with her she you know she was just such an enormous help and when I was seeing her I didn't I never had a father he died when I was 2 so my mother and father I was, was like one ro- it rolled into one
0: Mm -hmm. And I was
1: very, very close with her. And she developed cancer when I was seeing this therapist. And then all of a sudden, two years later, she died. Um, And I do believe that if I hadn't been seeing that therapist, I wouldn't be here today. I truly believe that. She helped me so much. Um, And then when I sort of finally moved on and came out of my eating disorder and worked through all difficult, horrible experiences that I'd had, When I was younger, I was, it was like a dawning. It was like, I want to be able to help other people how I've been helped. So that's when I decided to train to be a psychotherapist. That's fantastic. And yes, like you say, um,
0: I'm sorry about your Mother. And once we go through something ourselves, we do tend to realise, Okay, I'd like to give back. I'd like to help others that have experienced what I've experienced. And of course, you have the understanding, you understand the struggle And who better than to help people like yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah, it does make, I think it does make a big difference. Not Mm. every therapist has to have gone through that experience, but I think it's more of an insight into Mm. what the person's going through.
0: Excellent. Yeah, definitely. Tell me more how one can recognise, because I'm going to talk a bit more about your book in a minute. Um, Tell me more how one can recognise that they have anxiety and not it's not just about worrying. You know, what are the actual signs? I mean, I'm sure on some level we all have anxiety Mm. and sometimes it's heightened. But what are the
1: actual signs? How do we recognise that? Well, as you say, um, Anita, that everybody has anxiety Mm. and that's a normal, natural, you know, um, emotion to go through. You know, so, for example, if you were going... For an interview, you would get somewhat you know nervous and anxious then, but it's when somebody is in um, a certain situation where they are stressed consistently sort of up at a level consistently um, and when we are stressed and anxious, our body produces cortisol, mm-hmm. so when somebody is is consistently in a stressful situation. Which nowadays seems to be much more prevalent and much more common that people, you know, with social media and the pressures mm. you know, in life, people are sort of stay up at this heightened state. So their body is producing cortisol um, consistently. So as that happens, then the anxiety, you stay up at that level, and then your anxiety levels stay up there. So you're just consistently up at this heightened level with the anxiety. So it's so debilitating for people, and really, people find it so hard. You know, I know because I had it from the age of five, mm-hmm. um, and have had it on and off throughout my life. Particularly when I had the eating disorder, and I even get it now. But I have the tools to be able to, to be able to, you know, calm myself mm-hmm. and, and work with it. But nowadays, people just seem to, you know, everybody seems to, particularly after COVID.
0: There's been some
1: big shifts, big changes, and the statistics show that so many people more so many more people now have anxiety than they ever did. and I'm sure a lot of it is to do with you know how the the quick pace of our lives, now, mm. and then also with the internet and social media, it's all just like you know more and more pressure.
0: Yes, definitely, absolutely. And how does depression link into anxiety? But, yeah there's sort yeah. of it
1: it depends on the individual, but it's kind of interwoven mm. anxiety within depression um and the difficult negative thinking and behaviors you know makes the person feel really worried, stressed, and you know and anxious
0: so how can one realize they need help for the anxiety and it's not just you know everyday life um yeah there's an actual issue there they need to get some help
1: yeah i think you know people people will know if they you know because their anxiety mm-hmm. well, the levels will be stay. they'll be they'll be feeling, feeling anxious all the time um, and it's not just you know going to you know going for that interview or going to a, into a stressful situation where the anxiety rises and then after time it will come down. You know, the cortisol in your body rises and then, you, you know, and then it drops and then you feel calmer again. But it's the people that stay up and they're just constantly anxious all the time. Um, and there could be people with anxiety. You could have so many different triggers, different types of anxiety and so many triggers and, yeah, feeling consistently anxious.
0: Yeah, I mean, life can get confusing for us all. And at some stage, how do we start to identify our emotions like depression, anxiety, and get help to get, like you've just said, actually, in a more positive outcome? You know, what can we do to recognize things like that? You know, just going for a walk to get a positive outcome,
1: talking to friends. What would you say? So that's sort of one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because I've been working with people with anxiety, well, for the last 22 years, as long as I've been practicing psychotherapy. And I do a number of other different therapies. So I practice NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. I teach emotional freedom technique. Mm -hmm. which is really interesting because boy George has just been on I'm a celebrity and he's been tapping away tapping away he has oh I love it I love it to help to reduce his difficult thoughts and feelings anxieties and so it's having you know it's having the tools I mean if your anxiety is very severe the very first thing you should do is go to see your doctor um, and speak to your doctor about it and there are medications that you can take if it is very severe but it's also um if you can, you know, through your, your health practitioner, um, GP, your health insurance, or if you're in the UK, um, ask to see if there's, you know, some sort of um, talking therapy that is accessible to you. But in the UK, that seems to be very limited at the moment and has been forever. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, and looking for a therapist to be able to help you. But that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, because it is very difficult for people. And in the book, there's so many different ways, tools um, and techniques for people to be able to to experiment with, you know, because everybody's different. So it's, you know, yeah. it's finding what works for you mm-hmm. um, and to be able to calm those difficult behaviours and to be able to calm yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: So do tell me more about your book. It's just been released, hasn't it? And it's called Anxiety Hacks. I'm excited to
1: hear more about that. Yes, yes. It's very exciting. So it's Anxiety Hacks, so proven techniques, tools and tips to calmness. So Mm -hmm. like I said, there's many, many different ways for you to be able to calm yourself um, and there is also I, I created a companion course to go along with the book. So it's a free downloadable companion course that you ha- have access to that shows shows the person um how to follow through with the techniques I teach in the book. And they're simple techniques, but it, and then there's more insight and downloadable tables in the course and things. But it's 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 having the right tools to be able to calm yourself. Um, For example, I teach the emotional freedom technique, the tapping technique it's all very well reading it. But actually following somebody as they take you through the steps to be able to do that. That's really helpful. People find that so helpful. Um, And then um, so for people that don't know, so emotional freedom technique, it's tapping on a routine of points while thinking about any negative feeling which you can or thought that you can reduce down. It's completely bizarre. I always say that to my clients. completely bizarre, but it does work. It's yes. fantastic. And the good thing is you don't even have to believe, believe in it. Mm. You just practice it, just do it, and, and it works. So it's learning. So once you, and it's easy to use, so once you've learned the points, the specific points to tap on, then you can use it anytime, anywhere. Oh, That's fantastic you know even my clients if they're at work and they're feeling anxious they just nip into the loo into the toilet bathroom and they can do some rounds of tapping and then they come out you know if they've had a difficult situation at work and they're stressed or whatever it is and you can really be able to calm yourself using that technique oh i love the tap so i'm so proud of boy george on their day (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then also um i talk about The thought stopping technique, which is another really simple technique, which is brilliant. So it's starting to be aware Mm -hmm. of what your patterns are, your difficult patterns of behavior connected with your anxiety. Starting to listen to how you talk to yourself, what you say to yourself, because we have 60,000 different thoughts, approximately, that go through our mind every day. And it's just so difficult to. To so believe that. But that, you know, for the majority of people, that's that's you know, that's how many thoughts that you have every day. Some are at the front, some are just floating in the back, and then, you know, and all the really strange thoughts that you have. They don't need to be there. The thought-stopping technique is first of all, you start to be aware of the difficult thoughts that you have, and maybe the thoughts that you have connected with your anxiety or something stopping you from doing something. And then once you're aware of those. You start, if you're on your own, you'd shout stop out loud. Mm-hmm. And then what you would do is you would tell that voice to get lost, however you wish, in whatever terminology you wish. So you shout stop, tell it to get lost, and then maybe take a nice deep breath and then allow your whole body to relax. And then what will happen is that the thought will come back in. So then you need to do it again. But the mm-hmm. more that you do it, the quieter that voice becomes it's really simple but it's really powerful brilliant, brilliant technique yeah. um and then of course i talk about the breathing a lot of people with anxiety you know they know that they probably use by taking a, a deep breath and they <clears throat> then they can relax themselves but a lot of people don't understand why and how they do that um and and uh, so I do like to talk about this, and I explain it in the book, is that we have, we have two nervous systems that run through our body. We have the sympathetic nervous system, and then we have the parasympathetic nervous mm. system. I love it, Anita, you're nodding. Your head. Um, and the, the sympathetic nervous system is connected to the fight or flight state, mm. so to that anxious part of you. And then the parasympathetic, the other one, that's connected to your normal calm state. So when you breathe in, you breathe in through your nose for the count of four. So Mm -hmm. only four. And then you hold it for as long as you can, which up to eight would be fantastic. But, you know, we don't want you collapsing on the floor. So however long you can. And then you breathe out through your mouth to the count of eight as well. So it's four, eight, eight. So if you just remember four, eight, eight, that is how you do it. So that is working with when you're breathing in you're accessing the anxious state so you only want to do it for a short space of time and then when you breathe out you breathe out for, for much longer and make sure that you breathe all the way down to the base of your tummy because it's all connected mm. and it's all going to help you get into that that parasympathetic calm normal natural state So i think it's really important that people understand how to do it, <laughs> and, yeah, it. and then within the book i also um there's a number of different um, acupressure points that are specifically for anxiety the, whereas I was talking about the tapping technique the specific technique for people I mean the specific point for people that have anxiety is the collarbone point oh. so the collarbone point is the, is the two bones that come down right underneath your chin those two bones If you tap on those two bones, you can use your right hand, your left hand, or two. Use both hands Mm -hmm. with two fingers. to stand your anxiety. So if you are aware of your anxiety and you are with people, you could either just tap on the point. Or if you felt really uncomfortable about making it too obvious, you could just rub that point Mm. in a circle. And that will be able to calm down your anxious feelings. So that's the specific point for, for the emotional freedom technique for anxiety. Oh, yes, fantastic. Um, and then there's many other different acupressure points I show. There's another point specifically for anxiety is the web between your thumb and your index finger. But if you're pregnant, it's important that you don't use this oh. because it could start off the labor. So, But the point to help to calm you is to... Just rub that area in a circle for, say, five seconds and you'll notice a difference. You'll notice that you start to calm down. So there's lots of different points on the body that you can use with the acupressure, which is brilliant, brilliant. There's another technique in there, which is a neurolinguistic programming technique, Mm. which I love this technique. And my clients, they all find it really amazing. So, if you were to be in um, an anxious state, what you need to do is, and I call this the spin and wind technique, which Ooh. is in the book. So it's tuning in to where you feel that anxiety in the body. So it's a lot of people say they they have it maybe in their stomach or their chest. So it's tuning in, <clears throat> so stopping and just really getting attune with that that difficult feeling that you're having and what happens is that it'll be moving certainly so either move in a circle clockwise or anti-clockwise or it'll move up or down or side to side so um they are the only ways that it can move and then what you do is you you could hold your finger and imagine getting hold or getting hold of that difficult feeling and then get move with your finger. Just move your finger in a circle or an anti anti clockwise or anti clockwise. And as you get hold of that, you can feel which way it's moving because it normally moves in a circle. Mm-hmm. And then you turn your finger to get time with that with that specific feeling. And then what you do is speed it up, and you'll feel feel the anxiety gets slightly worse. And then what you're going to do is you're going to quickly start to reverse the circle and turn your finger to help you with that and then spin that that circle in the opposite direction and some people i have some people imagine like a big circle of say blue arrows going around so they can also see it in their mind's Mm. eye to help them get in tune with that feeling so it's Tuning in, finding which direction it's going in, and then reversing that direction. And you'll find that it really reduces down your anxiety immediately. Brilliant, brilliant technique.
0: Wow! <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's fantastic. And all the listeners, please do try that. Yeah. It's a handy tool. I mean, you've given so many tips. That's absolutely Fantastic. My favorite would be the collarbone. You just have to rub it, you don't even have to tap it. And nobody
1: needs to know what you're doing. Yeah. So if you're in a meeting or something, you could just rub that and nobody would know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) So you're the host of the podcast Bulimia Sucks. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, so when I when I came out with my first book, also called Bulimia Sucks, I decided I wanted to reach out further to help mm-hmm. people so I set up the podcast and that was almost two years ago mm-hmm. um, and I talked to people that have an eating disorder and where they are in their journey and maybe what's helped them what's guided them towards really making that decision mm-hmm. to ooh, to step on their recovery path because I think mm-hmm. that's you know that's quite a big step to take so it's good for people to hear how other people have done it. Um, and then I also speak to professionals who work with people with eating disorders um and you know and quite often they've also had their own experience with an eating disorder so it's it's hearing people hearing that they're not alone and there's so many other people that mm. are go have been through what they've been through, and to be able to also hear that they can recover yes. and it's you know it is a gradual process, a slow process which is you know, which is really important for people to understand it's you know, there aren't any overnight fixes.
0: Mm-hmm. It's uh
1: it's it's being able to, you know, to hear other people's experiences and learn from those, to be able to sort of incorporate them in your own life. Um and hear what's what what ways, what tools has helped them to move forward in their recovery path. Um and we've had over thirty thousand downloads now. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. So that's good. You know, it's great. To, just the fact that, you know, hopefully we're, we're reaching out and helping people.
0: Definitely. That's fantastic. Yes. You have given us so many tools, daily steps and tips on anxiety hacks. What would you say is the most important takeaway? What daily I- tips and tools for hacking your anxiety mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think it's really important that you find what works for you. I think mm. that is the key. So that's why I've packed so much into this book. It's going through and, and experimenting and seeing what works for you and seeing, you know, how you can reduce your anxiety, how you can start to be aware of those difficult thoughts, you know. And it's, you know, I talk about, you know, having a diary and starting to identify what, the, what your specific triggers are and your patterns are. Linked mm-hmm. to your anxiety and working with the difficult thoughts that you have, you know, because you know, yeah, we have sixty thousand approximately different thoughts that go through our mind. But the statistics show that ninety five percent of those thoughts that we have each day are the same thoughts that we had the day before and the day before that and the day before that. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to identify with those thoughts, and for people overall, for all of us the way we were created, if you like, mm-hmm. 75% of those thoughts that we have are negative thoughts anyway. So mm-hmm. if you're not in a very good place or you have anxiety or an eating disorder or whatever you may have, you know, there will be an enormous amount of negative thoughts going on. So it's starting to very gradually identify what your, those negative thoughts are connected with your difficult behavior and starting to identify those by writing them down. You know, so when you're aware of, oh my gosh, I can feel that difficult feeling come up. What was I thinking Mm -hmm. about right before that happened? Oh, I was, you know, I was thinking about, you know, having an argument in my head that I'd embellished and made up about some situation I've got coming up. So it's starting to identify what those triggers are. And then there's, there's, there's a specific technique to be able to help you with your triggers in the book as well. So it yeah, so it's starting to tune in, tune into your thoughts, and then also tuning into the feelings because they're both connected. Mm-hmm. Those thoughts yeah. create feelings, and the feelings then you know create the thoughts. Fantastic, thank you, Kate. That's
0: brilliant. So where can the listeners find you online? Your books. What's your website?
1: Oh, thank you, Anita. So the book, um, the first book of Bulimia Sucks, is on Amazon. So if you just put that into Amazon, you'll be able to find it there. Also, Anxiety Hacks, that's up on Amazon. Um, And yesterday we had over five hundred downloads of it. Excellent. So it's on there as a Kindle, and a paperback, and a hardback at the moment. I'm going to make an audio book to go with it. Um so that that's all up on Amazon. Um and then if you want more information, you could email me because I'd love to get emails from people and I always respond. So that's katehudsonhall at gmail.com. And my website is katehudson dot com.
0: Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your courageous journey with us today. And by doing so, I know you have helped so many others. Kate Hudson Hall. Thank you, Anita.
1: It's been fabulous to talk to you.
0: Thank you. And we are all create the courage to be fearless podcast here. So, what is your
1: definition of courage? Courage. Courage is taking that control of whatever situation you're in and starting to. Put that first step on to your recovery path, whatever direction that might be. Starting to figure out that's that's the, yeah, that's it. It's making changes.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Create the Courage to be Fearless with Anita Mattu. I'd love you to let me know what your thoughts of today's episode and what your key takeaways are. So do leave a comment below. It's all about sharing. So if you have enjoyed the content, give me a like and share it far and wide. Post it over on Instagram stories and tag the link wherever you are listening to this episode. Post it on social media. Share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps the show reach more people and together we impact more lives. Thank you. And until next time, goodbye for now.